Good morning and welcome to Bloomer Baptist Church. We're very excited to have each and every single one of you worshiping with us this morning. Whether you're filling these pews, these physical pews in the building here at Bloomer Baptist Church in Bloomer, Wisconsin, or whether you are at home, in your car, at work, around the world, wherever you find yourself at, we are excited that you're worshiping with us today. We continue in our series in Ephesians, God is building a new you today. And please excuse me for just one moment while I prepare for today's message. Thank you. Oh, I feel more prepared for today's message already. As I begin, I'd like to start with a story that I found. This story goes like this. It's a story about a man possessed, told by a professor at Indiana Wesleyan University. It was 2002, and my brother Steve was a student at Indiana Wesleyan University. He was in the Old Testament survey class. And the topic of spiritual warfare came up. The professor was an adjunct professor, which means that it was not his full-time job. He served as a pastor for his full-time job. He shared a story about a personal encounter with spiritual warfare. One morning, he received a phone call from a church member. She said, Pastor, can you come over? Something happened with my son last night. Her son was a young man of 17 years old. The pastor started heading to her house and also invited a church elder who was a former pastor to join him as well. They arrived at her house and saw the woman's son and said, what happened? He said his mom was at work the previous night and he had some friends over and they tried to raise a demonic spirit. The pastor said, well, what happened? The boy said nothing. The boy continued. He shared that later in the evening, he was in bed and woke up to see something black at the end of his bed. And this black thing told him to rape his girlfriend, kill her, and cut her up into pieces. The pastor asked, well, what did you do? The boy responded with, pulled the covers over my head. The pastor and elder said, we want to pray over you. And the boy said, okay. They then asked him to get on his knees. The boy's voice changed to a deeper voice as he said, why do I have to get on my knees? They said, it is submission to Christ. The boy refused to get on his knees, but they said that they would pray over him anyways. And as soon as they mentioned the name of Jesus, the boy dropped to his knees anyways. The church elders met with and prayed over the boy the following Sunday. And at some point, the boy accepted Christ as Lord and Savior and following his conversion... They burned all his satanic worship stuff. The boy started into satanic worship when he was about 12 years old. Listen, there is a spiritual battle going on all around us. The war is raging. And when we get involved with the devil, when we even get tempted or, or get lured into his schemes and give him an inch, he takes a mile. And we don't realize what we're playing with until often it's too late. And we get involved over our head. 
Please follow along as I read from Ephesians chapter 6, 10 to 20 about the armor of God where Paul says, Finally, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand firm, stand therefore... Stand, therefore, having fastened on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication, to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication with all the saints. And also for me that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. God is building a new you and his armor is to be part of who you now are. That is what the overall theme of this book of Ephesians study has all been about. For 21 weeks now, we have looked to Ephesians and seen both the great blessings and responsibilities of which we have in our salvation as Christians. God is building a new you, one more like his son Jesus, one which abides in the truth and lives according to the truth, one which lives in the righteous ways of Christ and trust in him as Lord in all they do. Now we near the end, and Paul does not end this letter without warning the saints who would receive this letter. And all Christ's followers everywhere up to this day and beyond can learn from this, that there is a war, a great battle going on all around us. We as humans love battle, we love war, we love to fight, we don't admit it often, we speak of peace, yet so much we do is training for war. I think this is purposed. As deep down our souls know of the battle raging around us with sin and with evil. We say we desire peace, yet our movies, our books, our TV shows, even our toy aisles are filled with characters of war. As much as we talk about being peaceful, loving, and kind, compassionate people, there's just something in us that wants to glorify the strong warrior type of which we see in our movies and on TV. Chuck Norris was in his prime 30 years ago, and yet we still glorify him with funny memes of his great strengths and fighting skills. For younger people, this may be Captain America, Iron Man, Thor, or Superman, Batman, or Wonder Woman. For others, it could be Arnold Schwarzenegger, Chuck Norris, Clint Eastwood, or John Wayne. Or maybe Andy Griffiths is your hero or the Fonz, or maybe you're a Star Wars fan and you love to watch the stories of good versus evil, Jedi versus Sith, rebels versus the Empire. 
We can look to the Bible as well and see countless wars, countless battles, fights as well. Cain and Abel, David and Goliath, Samson against the Philistines, Jesus against Satan and our sin. We love stories of battle, of good and evil. But we must stay on the right side of things. We must be sure to be on that good side. We love to see the person who single-handedly takes on an entire battalion of evildoers, freeing the prisoners and wiping out all the bad guys. And we like to see ourselves that way as well, strong and able. Able to leap tall buildings in a single bound and always ready to take a punch for the little guy. And so we put on our physical world belts, our physical world body armor. Armor likes this vest. But let me ask you a question. Does this truly make you feel safer? Does it make you feel safer right now against Satan and the evil one that I'm wearing this up here while I preach to you? Yes, this is an awesome, a cool illustration, a good sermon visual. But let me ask you a question. Do you feel safer? Do I personally feel safer? Well, let me tell you, I personally feel safer against the physical world. I feel safer against, against somebody coming in here and shooting me. As James Rosine states, I could be protected against a 30-06 round unless I aim for the head. But I do not feel safer against a spiritual or supernatural force of evil, against Satan and the evil one and his powerful blows. I think I need more. And that's what we see. In this letter to the Ephesians, Paul describes a battle that takes place all the time. But it is a spiritual battle against what Paul describes in verse 12 as us not wrestling against flesh and blood, but against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against spiritual forces of evil. This is a constant battle that we're in minute after minute, hour after hour, day after day, and year after year. It rages on, and we are on the front lines of it. But God has always had a plan. You see, he has not left us helpless. No, no, no. And so Paul explains that we have a new type of armory to walk into, to walk in the armor of God. It's as if God says to you, here, take this up. Take this here. Take up my armor. Your armor is no good. It's of the old self and no good against the evil one and his supernatural forces. It's as if he says, take up my armor, for you are new in me and I am with you. We started this series with an intro in Ephesians 6, 10, 13, saying we are to be strong in the Lord and his might. We saw that we are to stand, stand firm in his strength and with not just one piece of armor, but with the whole, the full armor of God. Week two, we look to the belt of truth. Week three, we look to the breastplate of righteousness. This body armor that we have to protect our vital organs. Notice that we are told to put on this breastplate, to put on this armor, but we're never told to take it off. I'm going to take it off now, though, because it's getting quite heavy. You see, as Christians and sinners made anew in Christ, 
we have a new armor. And we must put it on and never take it off so that you are prepared for the constant fight which surrounds you. How do we fight? What do we fight with? Along with God's strength and his belt of truth, what do we have? We have righteousness. We have righteousness. The Christian protects himself by righteousness. Christ, righteousness. There's a quote from the Patriot movie, a call for militia clip, which says this, I only ask that you act upon the beliefs of which you have so strongly spoken and of which you so strongly believe. Let me say that again and then I'll paraphrase it. I only ask that you act upon the beliefs of which you have so strongly spoken and of which you so strongly believe. And we're not talking about patriotism here. We're not talking about nationalism here. We're talking about Christian beliefs, Christian righteousness, Christ righteousness. Did you hear what she said? To paraphrase, my brother Steve stated, which is how I found this, this quote, we must make our actions reflect our beliefs. Make your actions reflect your beliefs. We must live by the righteous life and actions of Christ of which we so strongly speak and of which we so strongly believe. Make your actions reflect your beliefs. We believe that we are to be imitators of God. That's what we read in Ephesians just weeks ago and we must act like it. A righteous and godly life is not easy though. It's not, is it? You see, this body armor I just took off, this breastplate of righteousness, this physical world shield to my vital organs here that I wear all the time, it's heavy. It's heavy, and it can become a burden to wear at times because doing the right thing is hard to do in the world sometimes, especially a world when we're so filled all around us, surrounded all around us with evil. But we're called to put aside the things of evil. Ephesians 4, 17 to 32 reminds us to put aside, to do not do things like falsehood. Verse 25 of chapter 4. We're told not to let the sun go down on our anger, to not give the devil a foothold, to not steal, to not let any unwholesome words come out of our mouth, to not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. To avoid to put aside all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, slander, and malice. Maybe you remember that sermon just weeks ago. But then we look at the things we are to do. Don't do those things, but do these things. Put on, it says. I want to say put on like a breastplate of righteousness. Put on truth. Again, this is Ephesians 4, verse 25. Put on truth. Labor with your own hands. Have something to share with those who have need. Speak words that are good, kindness, tenderhearted, and be forgiving. Doing these things, this is how to live a life of victory. You see, I've got some numbers for you. Number one, putting on a breastplate of righteousness involves living a life of integrity, Christ-like integrity, and living in obedience to the holy, inspired word of God, the Bible. 
not the world's version of integrity, Christ-like integrity. This involves all those things we just read in Ephesians chapter 4, but also it involves being honest, being good, being humble and fair to others, standing up for others. And this is not easy. Galatians 5.17 in the New Living Translation says the sinful nature wants to do evil which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. There is a battle, and we must remember the armor of God of which we have. Number two, put on a breastplate of righteousness. This means looking to glorify and serve God and his people over one's self. Every testimony that does not give more glory to Christ than yourself should not be given. Too many testimonies are of ourselves. We glorify ourselves too much, our own power and wisdom. We must give more testimony of Christ's work. James 4, 7 in the New King James Version says, Therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. We must worship God. Give him the glory. Give him the testimony. Be a witness of his power, his wisdom, his love. And this helps to take your eyes off of Satan and to resist his evil schemes. Some background on this armor, this breastplate. A a breastplate or Roman body armor would cover the chest and would protect, protect the heart, the lungs, and other vital organs. In fact, sometimes it would come a little down the arms, a little up the neck, maybe even a little down over that belt to give extra protection. It would be a last defense effort to protect against the flaming arrows and assault swipes in close combat from enemy weapons of which might have brought certain deaths or at least removed him from battle. The Roman breastplate would often be made of thick leather or other heavy material which was pieces of formed metal or animal hoofs or horn pieces attached to it to give extra protection. They would use whatever they had, whatever was practical, to help in protecting them from evil. Notice I said whatever is practical, sometimes we cover ourselves in things thinking they're protecting us when really they're just not practical. They just don't really work because they're not of God. And we're fighting in a supernatural uh, battle. It's important to note at this point that Jewish culture of that time would describe their emotions and feelings in terms of vital organs. For instance, their heart. Why is this important? Because part of what Paul is talking about being protected in this passage by the breastplate of righteousness would be his emotions, his will, his thoughts. Too often we fall into devils, into the devil's traps because we make our decisions based on how we feel and our emotions instead of what is actually true and right. The Christian must use the practical ways of righteousness living to protect against evil. Along with the belt of truth and every other piece of this armor that we're studying, we must look to what is actually true and right by God's word and ways and not just our emotions. The breastplate was like the shield that we'll get to, but it was light enough and flexible enough to be worn on the body, over the torso, and at all times. It was not to be taken off or put down like the shield. 
Paul draws this imagery from the guards which probably surrounded him day and night. But also from the Old Testament, Isaiah 59, 17, where Yahweh is said to put on righteousness like a breastplate. Let's move on. Number three. The breastplate of righteousness cannot be earned. You cannot be good enough to earn it. It is a gift from God. Truth is, we only receive Christ's righteousness through Jesus. The Bible says in Galatians 3.27 in some translations that God clothes us in Christ. And in him we are to be seen as righteous. The breastplate of righteousness is received and put on through faith. As God gives us his righteousness and he clothes us through his son Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. It is what theologians call the imputed righteousness. If you do not have this righteousness, you are not saved. Nothing can save you. But if you have it, you are saved for eternity. When you have this righteousness from God, though, you begin to develop and manifest a righteous character in righteous living, a devout and holy life. To borrow Calvin's description, such a life is not only secure in God's righteousness, but it's filled with power. This righteousness, which comes after imputed righteousness, is called practical righteousness. Practical righteousness, that's ultimately what we're talking about with wearing this breastplate at all times. We remember the righteousness of Christ, which now covers us. But then we have practical righteousness as we live like him. And this practical righteousness is filled with power. It is daily put on as we realize that we are powerless, helpless, and no good. But all of Christ's goodness has been poured out upon us. This breastplate of righteousness, this realization that's not my righteousness but Christ's righteousness placed upon us, upon me, clothing me, covering me like a, like a sheet. This is what protects from Satan's blows, bullets, arrows, attacks, schemes, and ploys. Christ's righteousness. Remember, our righteousness is not our own. Romans 5.1 tells us that God declares us righteous in Christ. We now must pursue practical righteousness living in the choices we make. From day to day. First Timothy 6, 11 speaks of this saying, But you, man of God, flee from all this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Number four, moving on. Protect your life with biblical righteous living. You see, this biblical righteous living protects our life. When Satan accuses you, Protect yourself with the truth of your righteous standing in Christ and of which you already have. Truth, we never need to continually put on that imputed righteousness for Christ has already given, us, given it to us once and for all, permanently, for all of eternity. But truth, our righteousness of which we now have through Christ must be daily presented, reflected in everything we do through daily practical righteous living. Biblical righteous living. There's a big idea I want to tell you today, and that's this. We will be protected from making bad decisions by trusting in God's 
righteousness. And working towards living a righteous life ourselves when living a life based off his righteous example. We must not compromise. We must always look to God's word. Apply these righteous ways of living to our life. Do not compromise. When we compromise, morally or spiritually, it's like a soldier standing uncovered before the enemy. The choices we make either fortify us against Satan, the enemy, or they make us more vulnerable and make us easy prey for him to devour. We must think about our decisions, make godly and biblically righteous choices. Living a righteous life isn't just about protecting merely ourselves. Living a righteous life allows us to worship God through our actions, and it helps others to know him better as well, or maybe to know him to begin with as well. Righteousness is to be worn like a breastplate, to be put on in practical righteousness, put on right living. Number five, putting on a breastplate of righteousness protects the heart. This is the very nature of the breastplate or this vest. It protects our vital organs. We protect the heart because the heart leads to the attitudes we have. The attitude leads to decisions we make. All this leads to our accomplishments, our achievements, or the lack of. They, they, they account for, for what we will truly do. Are we winning the battle? Are we losing and falling in the battle? Put on the breastplate of righteousness so that Satan cannot get an inch into your life. In areas such as impurity, greed, lust, injustice, anger, forgiveness. Allow your new life to be characterized by a clean heart with the righteousness of God to control your future. Prevent the devil from having control. As we have on the breastplate of righteousness, we may go into battle with confidence that we have protection. We have God's protection. Yes, the devil, Satan, the evil one, he will still try to manipulate you, to accuse you in your life with lies. He will twist the truth. He will throw at you accusations, lies, reminders of your past. And without the armor, the breastplate of righteousness, these could penetrate your chest, get to your heart, get to your mind. But with God's armor and the breastplate, you will be prepared for battle and may deflect Satan's schemes. We are new in Christ and must act and live in his ways, which are now ours as he lives in us. Abide in Christ, put on Christ, be closed in Christ. Make your actions reflect your beliefs. Make your actions reflect your beliefs from the word of God. If we battle with our flesh alone, we will lose every time. But if we battle with Christ and his righteousness, his integrity, his breastplate, we will survive the war. Jesus did not bow to Satan and neither shall you. Look to Jesus and his righteous ways for your standard of living. He is, Jesus is, God is, the Holy Spirit that lives in you is more than sufficient to overcome a legion of fallen angels. He is more than sufficient to overcome the evil, the evil one and his schemes. He is there for you. Our sins are nailed on the cross. Christ saves. Colossians 2.15 said, having disarmed the principalities 
and powers. He had made a spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. We must stand firm. Stand firm in truth and righteousness. Christ will be victorious again and again and again and forever. Romans 16.20 says, The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. May the grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. What a greeting. Wow. Let us therefore make walking with Christ our lifestyle by meditating on this truth and doing what is right. Remember, Christ has been and always will be victorious. God's plan and ways will always come to be. And finally, number six. Putting on a breastplate of righteousness means to remember that through Christ's righteousness, we have been blessed with hope and eternal life with him, a future in heaven in God's presence. Allow this truth, allow us remembering of our eternal future with Christ, allow this to deflect the enemy's blows and prevent the lies and schemes of the evil one from ever penetrating your integrity and righteous living. Let's do some summarizing, some final quick points, some take-homes. Number one is this, righteous living is Christ-like living. Righteous living is Christ-like living. This is the breastplate of righteousness. Are you looking to his example of living for how to live, breathe, speak, act, and think? Number two, righteous living involves remembering the hope that resounds within you. Remember your hope as you combat the evil one. Remember the future you have. Don't let his lies, his twisted truth, his lies manipulate you. Are you remembering the future you have in heaven as you say, no, Satan, not today, not ever. God is more than sufficient and he has a plan and a future for his kingdom and this includes me. Number three, righteous living means being in God's word so that you know how to obediently live in his ways. We must be in the word of God. Number four, living a righteous life. Living righteously allows us to worship God through our actions and help others see and know him too. How do you worship God? Through the choices you make, the decisions you make. Think about what biblically righteous living is. Ask ourselves, what does the Bible say about this? But then think more about our, than ourselves. Remember, us worshiping God and our actions, our choices, our speech, our thoughts, all these things help to bring others into this knowledge and a point of worship of God as well. We have the full armor of God. Christ Jesus did not bow to Satan and neither should we. God has a plan. He always has. He always will. And God will be victorious. Let's close in prayer and song today. Lord, we thank you for you are good. You are loving. You're merciful. You're strong. You're ever present in our lives. You're all knowing and all powerful. Lord, we thank you for we know that you are always with us. We thank you for you take this armor and you say, here, put this on. You give us all we need. Lord, we pray today, help us to stand upon your truth, upon your righteousness, upon your ways of integrity. Help sanctify us with each day.
Make us more like Jesus. It's in your holy and powerful name we pray. Amen.